What's up, Ringers? Welcome to episode 98 of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. Hey, Danielle, what are we talking about today? Dan, we are talking about planning a wedding in a global pandemic. <laughs> yes, here we are a year later, and we have learned a whole fork ton. So we're just going to get into it and share this episode with you. Let's do it. Planning a wedding is hard work, am I right? But you are not alone. Welcome to the Put a Ring on a Podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner of DP Knack Events. I'm Dan Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography. Together, we are two wedding pros with a fork ton of experience sharing our best tips and tricks. And downright sensible advice for a wedding that feels good to you. Plain and simple, we got your back. Hey, Dan, are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, Danielle, what's happening? Not much, Dan. How are you? I'm good. I drank an energy drink because I didn't have any sleep last night because the babies are in a sleep regression. So if I make no sense today, listeners, you know why. And it also explains why you're talking at 500 miles an hour. <laughs> this is what the whole entire episode is going to be like. It's going to be really great. <laughs> <laughs> the people who are listening on like double speed, because I know a couple of people who do, are like, damn, what's going on here? I don't get this. <laughs> we talk fast as it is to start. <laughs> we just like to keep you all on your toes. It's what it is. Just like the past year has kept us all on our toes. Oh, God. And speaking of the past year, can you like think about this for the second? We are just past one year and we're still in this, right? We're still dealing with it. And people who are planning their weddings for this year and for next year are like still feeling the effects of this. And a lot of people are still up in the air as to what they're going to do, you know? Yeah, it's crazy to think that here we are one year later. I think overall... We started this podcast back in 2016. In all of my spreadsheets, never once did I think of the topic wedding planning during a global pandemic. That was just never a column. <laughs> yeah. If there's like a silver lining, like I guess it's good that like weddings are still happening. Things are still happening. And we're going to cover some of those things, what we've seen over this last year and what we're planning for and hoping for for this year and next year. But yeah, there's still restrictions in place. And here we are. Yeah, I think it's just crazy because planning a wedding has always been difficult and stressful. But thanks to COVID, we've been on like the Jumanji level of wedding planning for the past few months. <laughs> Rhinoceros is coming through your window. They are. Yes. And it's to the point now, you know, we're a year in that I initially felt like I was just crying every half hour. Now I'm just like, oh, rhinoceros is. Yep. OK, got it. I'll just add those to the, the list of things. A whole lot of tough things. Thick and skin, if you will. Yeah, just think about like the amount of stuff that couples have gone through this past year and are still going through. Talk about like persistence and tenacity and flexibility and just like digging your heels in and making moves, right? Like, holy moly. Strength and perseverance, 100% agreed. That's why we wanted to talk about this topic today because I think we wanted to applaud those that have been in the trenches and chat with those that are just coming into this wonderful world of weddings. But before we go any further, we should probably give our disclaimer because depending on where you live, as well as depending on where your wedding is taking place, there's varying level of restrictions and rules and mandates 
Dan and I are not here to unpack any of that with you because it would be a very, very long episode (laughs) to go through it because even here in Pennsylvania, depending on where you're at, those things are really varying. So we're not here to explain any of that stuff or say what things should or shouldn't be. Or interpret them in any way. Yeah, exactly. We're here to kind of be your cheerleaders and your supports through it. I mean, Dan looks fantastic in a cheerleading outfit. I can tell you that right now. (laughs) Those long, hairy legs, too. (laughs) That's a photo shoot idea, Dan. You could dress up as like a cheerleader. I am all legs. I'm six foot three, all legs. There's a visual for you, everybody. That's the next Instagram post. Enjoy that one. (laughs) But yeah, we want to encourage all of you to just follow your local and CDC guidelines. That's the overall message. Yeah. And so this episode, we realized that there are many people who are in kind of different stages of what's going on, right? Like there are people who have postponed um, one or more times. I know several couples who are in their third, fourth time postponing and they're just holding on, right? Like they are hanging on to that joy that they want that awesome day. But there's also couples who are getting married soon and ones that are newly engaged planning for end of this year, you know, 2022 and beyond. So we're going to try to break it down. We're going to peer behind the veil and look at each one of those circumstances uh, and maybe unpack it a little bit and talk about each one. Yeah. So where do you want to start? I think obviously the big one is all the couples that have postponed. Yeah. As you said, they were like kind of heading towards the finish line. I feel like I have a few that are like white knuckling it right now as they make their way towards the end. Yeah. I mean, if you're a couple that has had to postpone, like Dan said, one or more times, Our hearts go out to you. Dan and I have been in it on a different level, but we've seen so many couples postpone. I mean, me as a planner, I've helped so many couples postpone. Dan has been right through with all of us couples postponing these weddings. So we felt it, but on a much different level than when you are the person whose wedding it's supposed to be. But what I've loved seeing, I don't know if you've seen this too, Dan, but throughout so much of this, the underlying theme that I've witnessed is that gatherings and all of that have been iffy and restricted and all of that, but love was not canceled. And how beautiful the thing that we're able to take away from this. Love definitely was not canceled, but man, I was angry for several months in the middle there because you and I both have this very personal relationship with many of our couples. We kind of break down that planner, client relationship, photographer, client relationship and blur that line a little bit. But like, let me put it this way. Like when my couples are upset, you're upset. When they're like frustrated, I'm frustrated. When they're not having a good day, I'm not having a good day, right? And you like feel that on a deep level. And there's so many times where like I was just super down in the dumps because couples come to both of us to like build them up. And like when you do that for 20 couples times two is 40 people plus more. I've had parents calling me and stuff and trying to like tell them what's going on. There were some feels in there. Yeah. There's a lot of feels and that's all fair. I think when you're looking at something like a pandemic where people are losing just lives, like they're losing close loved ones. I mean, that's awful. And I think it's tough when you start comparing having a wedding or having to postpone a wedding to that loss. So we're not comparing those two things by any stretch, but having to postpone a wedding or even cancel a wedding or change your initial plans for a wedding is still a loss, right? And you're allowed to have 
feelings and you're allowed to mourn that loss. And I recommend it. But overall, one of the things that I've seen consistently throughout the couples I've been working with, at least once they decided to make the decision to postpone, which was not an easy decision, it did not come lightly. It came after like a lot of conversations, a lot of like research doing. There was this feeling of relief that came when they made the decision and all of the vendors got moved. And it's like after the hurricane blows through and the sun comes out, like it just felt like that for them. So I guess if you're listening to this and maybe you're worried about if you're going to have to postpone, maybe take that as like, you're going to go through the hurricane and then you're going to come out the other side and you're going to feel maybe 10, 20 pounds lighter. Yeah, that's the point I was trying to make when I was talking about being angry and having the feelings. In the very beginning, it was, oh, this is going to be two weeks. We're going to lock down. Everything's going to be good. And I was like, all right, that affects one wedding. But then all these other couples are like, it starts to go into June, July, and you're freaking out. And I'm freaking out with all my couples. But as some of those couples in that June, July, when we realized that this was still going to happen, this was going to be here for the rest of the year, and they made those decisions to start going to this year in 2022, there was that big relief and they just let go. And it was like just taking that one little step that they could start and just take a deep breath, then get refocused on this new day. And a lot of them found that joy again. Yeah, 100%. I think that's such a testament to the strength of our couples and having that good support system around them. It's tough to put a value on that, but I'm so thankful that I was able to go through that and for your couples that you were there for them through it. And honestly, I mean, there were some really cool things that started to happen. And that goes back to the idea that love was not canceled. But I had a few couples that decided to do this very small, intimate ceremony with either just themselves as an elopement or just their very close, immediate family and friends. And they did a small little ceremony. And then they're going to do the big party later on. I really like that they were like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get married. We're going to move on to the next chapter, but we're still going to do that celebration that we invested our time and money into. And they just adjusted and the world didn't stop. You know, it wasn't this awful thing. In fact, I had a couple flat out say, this is exactly the wedding we didn't know we wanted. Yeah. There's also another part of that. The couples that didn't postpone, but had to massively change their original wedding plans, right? Like 200 person, big Philly wedding to 15 person wedding in the Rose Garden in Center City, Philly. Huge difference. And they said the exact same thing. Like this wasn't what we planned, but it was perfect. So many couples had to strip away all the stuff that comes along with it. And they ended up focusing on joy, which is what we talk about in this podcast all the time. It just goes to say that big wedding that get changes to small doesn't mean less or like small wedding doesn't mean less special. Right. Or even the wedding doesn't have any proportionate value to the marriage. It's not like, well, if we have this big wedding, that really sets our marriage up for success. There's no correlation between those two things. So you don't have to feel like, well, gosh, if we don't really do a big throw down wedding and have all the things and like, if we don't do all that, what does that mean for our marriage? We say all the time here, friends, you need three things to get married. You need a marriage license, you need someone to marry you, and you need someone to marry and maybe a cute outfit, right? That's four things. That's <laughs> all you need. Everything else is the luxury around it. And like you said, Dan, couples had to kind of strip away all of those extra things and say, okay, what can we do? What do we want to do? And where does that kind of all fall? And some beautiful, beautiful weddings and very intentional weddings took place over this past year. And I'm so, so happy for it. If there's anything that we take and learn from this in the wedding industry going forward, 
I really think that should be one of those things that you don't need all that extra stuff for it to be a meaningful and intentional day. You can just add to it what you want to add to it. Yeah. It's really a situation where you kind of got to look out for what's best for you and your people, right? Obviously following guidelines and stuff, but I think part of the nasty thing that I did see though this past year was the pressure from other people kind of putting their opinions and their worries and that you should not have a wedding at all, or you should postpone the whole thing. Like there's so many not great stories that I heard from my couples this past year of like people really not being the best part of themselves, but also some very positive things that happened as well. But I think that is one thing that I saw ramped up no matter what situation you're in, whether you've postponed, whether you're getting married soon or whether you're newly engaged is I think the opinions are ramped up because everybody's a little bit ramped up from just being cooped up and the mental health issues that are just going to come along with all the stuff that's going on right now. Yeah. I mean, weddings have always brought out people's opinions, right? Whether you've wanted to hear them or not, but wedding planning in the global pandemic seemed to bring out some extra opinions. I actually um, submitted some thoughts for an article that Brides was doing about wedding shaming. And I'll put a link to this in the show notes. But yeah, it really talked about how couples are feeling this shame around weddings and all that stuff and how people are doing that and how to handle it as a couple. And it has some really good advice, not just for me. I think I shared some good stuff, but there's other people that really chimed in with some helpful information. So like I said, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I feel for y'all that are having to go through this, but my biggest advice is just to find healthy ways to navigate this together. Like you and your partner come together as a united front, get on the same page and hold each other's hand and step forward because you're going to be hit with a few different things, but nothing you can't handle. Yeah. You got a lot of cups to fill, right? Like obviously like adding wedding planning on top of a pandemic and you still have work and you're still trying to manage the mental health aspect of this. And if you're an extrovert like me, this is definitely having an effect on you. So you have got all these cups to fill. And I think making sure that you are taking the time to fill your cup, right? Because you can't pour from an empty cup. A kind of a brief thought that came in my mind quick, and this is something you can do together as a couple. My wife and I have been focusing on things we call recreation versus recreation. So like this idea of recreational activities, like I'm not going to be the guy who stands in front of somebody who needs to like binge watch Netflix and eat a pint of ice cream. Like you need that sometimes. No lie. Last night ate a whole pizza by myself. And Rachel was like, oh, you're going to get a pizza and you're going to regret that we're getting two pizzas. And I was like, I will not regret that we're getting two pizzas. Challenge accepted. I'm going to eat this whole pizza. And it was delicious. But then there's this recreation side of things, which is like, you are the person who knows what things are going to fill your cup, right? And you have to prioritize those things. For me, it's getting outside, it's nature, it's quality time with my family, that kind of stuff. I feel like I'm getting to like psychology, Dan, or something here, but like, it cannot be said enough right now, like taking the time to fill your individual cup and your couple cup. That's actually really good advice. And I don't know if it's the age that I'm at. I mean, Dan and I are both now 35. So I feel like it's an age where I'm doing a lot of like <laughs> self-awareness stuff. The age that I'm at. <sighs> no, but I didn't think about this stuff as much as my 20s as I do now. And it's really these like little things that I don't realize make me feel so good. Like you said, just getting outside makes me feel amazing. 
it's just those little things. Like I don't need to go to the concert or go to the parties. Please don't make me go to parties, guys. <laughs> I'm not the extrovert. <laughs> but like, I don't need any of that stuff. Well, I mean, there's balance, but like, I like just knowing that those core things that are safe to do right now fills my tank. All right, let's talk about those ringers of ours that are getting married soon in the next few months. I just think it's interesting. And being the superstitious person that I am feels like this is all my fault because, you know, the world revolves around me naturally. (laughs) And I feel like I remember saying last year when my couples who were getting married in April and May and we were moving them all the way out to this spring. And I was like, honestly, I think that's the best move y'all could make by then. I don't know that if I said like, oh, we're going to be fine. I just never thought that we'd still be in this position a year later. Nobody did, certainly. But I just think it's so interesting that for a long time, we were looking at 2021 as like the... The saving grace or something. Yeah, exactly. And obviously some parts of our world are and have been business as usual in the sense that weddings are happening. Like I've got planner friends in Florida and Alabama, and I think now Texas, like things are basically normal from what I'm seeing and gathering, but there are other parts of the world, like here in Pennsylvania. And for those of you that are in similar parts where it's a real unknown, what we're going to be looking at in Pennsylvania, we've been getting actually some good updates, which feels hopeful and promising, but we're not hundred percent back to normal. And I don't know. I just think it's a really tough thing to navigate because there's so many question marks in the air. Yeah. I mean, the other COVID podcast that we had, it's like, how do you postpone even, right? Like I have one couple who went from last May to August and then August to May again. Now they went from May to September. They are holding on and they're one of the couples like I just keep looking at and I'm like, all right, how can I build them up? Because they're drained a little bit. Yeah. But they had a small wedding in their backyard and now they're like, they want to have the big wedding plus vow renewal and all that kind of stuff. So you're like, you're getting married soon and there's still all the feels that are coming along with it. Yeah. And if you're in this spot and if you're a person that wants to feel like you can do something about it, here are my little tips to you if you haven't done them yet. First, reach out to your venue, find out how they're handling things, find out what they're doing, see if they're getting any type of information about what might be coming ahead That's a really good starting point because just because one person's venue is handling it one way, at least here in Pennsylvania, all venues are handling it really differently. So don't go off of what your friend is saying their venue is doing. Talk to your venue directly and start there. From there, talk to your vendors. What are their policies? What are they doing to be safe? What are they doing to make sure that you're taken care of? Just have a human to human conversation about maybe what your concerns are, and then they can maybe put your mind a little bit at ease because this isn't new now in terms of for us in the business end of this. So we've kind of figured some things out. We are still getting curveballs thrown at us, but we have things a lot more figured out this April than we did last April. And if you're in this like teetering, space where you're going, gosh, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Pick a date between the two of you to make your decision by and say, listen, on this date, we're going to look at all the information that our state and local jurisdictions are giving us. And we're going to make a decision that feels right to us at that point. And when that date comes, then you get to make that decision. Otherwise, if you're waking up every day going, oh, what should we do? What should we do? It can be 
super draining. I mean, you're going to be draining your mental capacity intensely, and you're going to get to a point where you're not going to know what to do. So just take in the information, store it away, talk to your venue, talk to your vendors, and then pick a date and go from there. Yeah. And please, for the love of God, do engagement photos. I'm not kidding. Like if the wedding planning vibe is like feeling heavy right now, one of the most joyful ways to inject some love back into the wedding planning process is to feel like yourselves again, whatever that is, getting dolled up or putting cowboy boots on and a hat or going standing in the middle of a field or like walking in the city or whatever that is, like get a photographer, even if you don't have one, hire somebody to do a photo shoot and like love on each other, kiss each other, hug each other, like whatever that is. And if you can plan it around the idea of a normal date night that you would have, and you have the photographer come along for that, just something to like get the excitement back up. Because the amount of couples that I hear who, after they do their engagement pictures, are just like, oh, right? Like it's something tangible. Because right now you're like signing contracts and hoping that the wedding date's gonna happen and you're shelling out money. This is a way to get something tangible for it to enjoy for the rest of your lives. Yeah. And how often in our life do we really hire people to take our photo? I mean, this is something that you talk about often, Dan, but we have our phones on us all the time and they're always taking photos, but then we don't do anything with those photos. And it's really nice to just have some professional, wonderful looking photos of you and your favorite person that you can look at, especially because you're not in your wedding garb. You're kind of in your stuff that is really you and not your everyday look, but you're like extra everyday look. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. You posted about that recently on your Instagram stuff, and it's really true that engagement photo or just a photo session together. Yeah. I mean, I might date this podcast and when we're recording it, but you can go on there and there's this couple sitting in their backyard in Philly. It's like this tiny little thing. It's a green wall behind them. And they're sitting there kind of opposite each other with drinks in their hands and they're laughing. And all of their nights start back there. That's what they do. They like go back there. They love that little space. They design it. They have some drinks and then they'll like go out and do something. I know that they're going to move from that place one day. They want to move out of the suburbs. Like that's where it started, right? So just find ways to like inject the joy back into the wedding planning process if you feel like that's been stolen from you a little bit. Yeah, which is fair to feel. Yep. So speaking of engagement photos, let's talk to our amazing ringers joining us that are newly engaged. Yay! Congratulations, friend. Welcome to this wild ride. Keep your hands, arms, and selfie sticks inside the vehicle at all times. (laughs) If y'all are still listening here after all of this, if you're taking away anything from all of that, it's that you are going to survive anything that you need to handle. Because thousands, if not millions of couples have already shown us that they are capable of doing difficult things. So you are going to do really well, but like you're newly engaged, you're coming into this world of weddings, nice, deep cleansing breaths. You've got this. I think (laughs) here's my thoughts. I feel like in the past, there have always been couples getting married and then new couples getting engaged. There's always been this cycle of like going around where you get engaged and then you get married, but then there's always new people coming up and getting engaged. So as couples get engaged, they're just kind of joining this like beautiful, blissful ecosystem where there's a lot of champagne and there's a lot of tool and there's a lot of cake. (laughs) But here's the reality right now, as you've heard us talk about some of the sweet honey iced tea that these past couples have been having to go through, you're joining a very different ecosystem of fellow couples who are engaged than maybe in the past. Like 
you're in a different headspace than they are right now. And that is a-okay. You're allowed to feel excited about getting engaged and starting to plan a wedding, but just know that others that may have been engaged for a little bit longer and have been going through this might not be in the same warm and fuzzy headspace that you are right now. I think that's where you each need to respect that you've had different life experiences up until that point and honor it and learn from each other. And like you build them up and let them give love on you and kind of go from there. Yeah. And as you're getting into the thick of this, right, especially if you're very new, know that like things are really wonky right now with a lot of us wedding professionals because we've had couples postpone, we've had couples who are postponing again. And so the takeaway from that is that you've got to get on hiring your wedding pros pronto, big time, because they are going to get snatched up. Like my availability for 2021 is nuts. And the amount of couples who are booking for 2022 and 2023, insane, just because of couples coming in and there was just all of a sudden this big rush of engaged couples and they snatched up a lot of dates. So really don't wait because everybody's availability is really wonky. Yeah, I was actually looking at my numbers. So you might be surprised to know this, Dan, but I keep a spreadsheet of all the inquiries I get. Is it Excel or is it Google Sheets or? No, it's Google Sheets. Come on, stop it. Anyway, if I'm not able to work with a couple, I'll write why. And, you know, there's a number of reasons. And 60% of the inquiries I've received so far just this year, since January 1, I've turned down because I don't have their date available. Like I'm normally at 20 to 30% for that, but that's just how far out I'm booked because I've had to move almost an entire calendar year of weddings to different dates. And I gave my couples first priority on those dates so that we can make sure we got them accommodated as much as possible. But yeah, friends, if you're seeing any kind of planning checklist that's like you want to book your photographer one year out from your date, I need you to adjust for COVID because that needs to be a lot sooner now, especially if you have a vendor that is your dream vendor that you've had your eye on, reach out to them as soon as possible if you know that you want to work with them. And I know that's tough. And I know you might think like, gosh, you know, we're not getting married till the end of 2022 or 2023. I promise you we're getting inquiries for those dates. This is like as of, well, right now we're recording this in March, 2021. So if you're listening to this in the future, adjust, Yeah. move the calendar around. And here's what else. Like I said earlier, vendors learned a lot over the past year as far as what it means to postpone a wedding. Dan, I'm pretty sure you're similar to me. I've always had a postponement clause in my contract. Yep. It's always been in there. When my lawyer initially talked with me about what that was going to be and how I wanted that to be structured, I never structured it in mind with having to postpone 20 weddings in the same year. I mean, it worked out that it translated okay for that, but many vendors did not even have this clause in their contract. And a lot of people spent time tightening up their contracts, I think is the best way I can say it. And not in a bad way, in a way that's helpful for both people. There's a little bit more clarity in there as for what happens if you need to cancel, what happens if you need to postpone. So my dear, dear ringers, please read your contracts. Make sure you're understanding all of the clauses, all of the details that are in there, because it's not fair to sign a contract and then go back later and say like, well, we didn't read that. 
read your contracts, take the time to do it. It's not like the iTunes terms and conditions, read the contracts. Yeah. Read the contract and also ask them, like if you're sitting down, you know, in that initial meeting on Zoom or whatever it is, ask them, what are your rescheduling policies? What are your postponement policies? What's the cancellation policy? If at the end of this year, there's a big spike again and we have to postpone again, right? Like ask the question. It's not weird now. (laughs) Like all my recent consultations are asking that question. It's absolutely super smart to do it. And if any vendor tells you, oh, don't, you won't need to worry about that. Say, thanks so much. Can you tell me what it is <laughs> or run? Oh, yeah, that's a much more pragmatic, nice way to put it. I would just say run. Yeah, still push for an answer. You're allowed to get an answer on that. Yeah, and so many couples have a lot of questions right now. And you may have friends and you've got family members who have had their weddings and stuff, but not that many people have the same kind of experience as a wedding professional right now, right? Obviously, Danielle and I do this podcast. We want to be as super approachable as possible. You know, we want to be there for the two of you to really come alongside you and now more than ever help make sense of this craziness. You know, we have our Patreon uh, set up for this thing exactly, right? We actually restructured it big time in a way that is very accessible to people and gives access to us. And we made it stupid affordable because long story short, the way we had it before, it just wasn't working out with us being able to help as many people on a very personal level as quick as possible. So now we restructured the Patreon. It's awesome. People are in there. They're loving it. And really, if you need a little bit of help, if you need questions, if you have a bunch of questions that you need answered, go to patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, sign up, and we will be your little wedding wizards that are sitting in your back pocket that are going to cheerlead you in our Facebook group every single day. We're answering questions, and that is what we're there for. That is the goal behind this podcast. That is what Danielle and I love to do. And if we can expand it beyond our couples to just help inject a little bit of love and joy and sense into this process, that's what we're there for. Yeah. And Dan and I are really specific on making sure that it stays a safe place, a private space for you to share. But the nice thing about it is you're joining a community of other people that are in this right alongside you. They're in a similar headspace. If they're there and supporting this show, they have similar values. And that to me, there's just so much beauty in all of that. And in seeing people share what they're going through and how they're handling it, it just has become a really beautiful space. So yeah, like Dan said, we have decided to make it as affordable as possible. We have three tiers right now, all with the same benefits. And what that means is that there's our regular tier and then there's two lower ones for early bird pricing. Once those spots are filled up, they're going to be filled up and it is what it is. But if you want to join us, now is the time to do it because there's still some spots in those early bird pricing. So definitely go check it out. Like Dan said, patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. And we cannot thank you enough. Yeah. As we wrap up this episode, I want to try to maybe end it on like an upswing. Do you know what I mean? Like just a little bit of positivity. So I know that you have had some big takeaways and some thoughts throughout all of this. So can you share a little bit of those and just like maybe inject a little bit of positivity in this? Yeah. Well, A, I think stretchy pants are a really good thing to have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, from what I've seen throughout this, both with my clients and with everybody else's clients, because everybody talks I think what I've noticed the most is that we are all capable of doing really hard things. I have a note on my desk that says, it's okay if it's hard, keep going. And some days that means taking a pause to go take a nap. Other days it means like making the hard decisions to move forward, but just keep going. And then the other side of it 
this is stressful. And with stress comes emotions and big, big feelings. And sometimes those feelings aren't expressed in the most respectful way. But what I found is the couples that have navigated this in a respectful and relatively calm manner have had the ability to keep those around them calm as well. And I know it's tough to not like have a major freak out moment and you're allowed again to do this however you want. But I think if you are put into a position where you need to navigate a difficult situation, doing so with respect and kindness and understanding that the person you're talking to on the other end of that email or text message or phone call or Zoom call is another human being going through this pandemic just like you are, Keep that in mind to the best of your ability, because I think it will almost always yield better results than if you throw around threats or anger or anything like that. Yeah. And again, stretchy pants are very important. (laughs) Um, I think you covered really all of it. The one thing that I want to add is that, like you said, there's a whole bunch of feels and a whole bunch of emotion, and there's probably going to be some moments where you may throw in the towel right, and decide like, you know what, we're going to lope, we're going to do something. You got to do you, but just know like, if this is feeling real heavy, that you are super capable of like being resilient and flexible and whatever decision you make, just stick with it. And it's going to end up being amazing in the long run. If you want to hold out for the big wedding, awesome. Hold out for the big wedding, make that decision, own it, and then move forward, right? If you want to skimp and go to the middle of a field and have like your one friend who you've known for your entire life that brought the two of you together, marry you in the middle of the field, do that, right? Whatever it is, it's going to be amazing. And however, the start of your official lives together, quote unquote, like you said, Danielle, is like super powerful. It has no effect on how strong your marriage is going to be. If anything, you're going to be even more stronger than people because you have dealt with a whole bunch of BS over this last year and over the next coming months. So dig in a little bit harder, a little bit longer, and it's going to all be worth it. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Put A Ring On It podcast. Before we wrap up this episode, we just want to send some love and gratitude and hugs to all of our patrons in the Ringer Club. We would not be here without you. Thank you so much. You are the best. Absolutely. And let's be real. Things are way easier when you have a solid support system who is going through it right alongside you. So please join the Ringer Club community today at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. Just click the link in our show notes. The Ringer Club is the best way to support the show and receive direct access to Danielle and I. Plus, you have an entire community of Ringers helping too on Facebook. Membership is just eight bucks a month, and we have a limited number of spots available at a lower monthly rate where you get all the same benefits. Again, that's patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. Another way you can support the show is to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram where you can catch some more tips, see Dan's amazing photos and watch some of our behind the scenes shenanigans. Follow us at put a ring on it podcast. Okay, ringers. Remember, we're here to help you, but no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding is going to be amazing because you rock until next time ringers. I'm really excited for this dad joke. (laughs) Go ahead, Dan. What is it? My mom didn't like my report card. Why not? Hold on. Wait, wait. No, you can't get in the middle of it. I thought it was like a knock-knock joke. No, no. I didn't ask you a question. I just said a statement. Let me start again. My mom didn't like my report card. I said, okay. She said, I want more A's. I said, okay. (laughs) Okay.
<laughs> Nailed it.